Okay, we're live. What's up, guys? John Sintes here, special Cutter Nation podcast with Steven Sekirnik. But first, please go rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Run over there, smash the like button on YouTube. We're also on Twitch now. We've got uh, shirts, we've got hats, hit our whole online store. Um, we've got we've been doing this podcast this is 81 we're excited we're pushing and trying to get to 100 um, it's really you know we've been we've been knocking them out we got a good streak going so um, Stephen thanks for coming on um, uh, will you do me a favor um, you're with F5 Sports Pitch Logic everybody knows that I'm a fan I'm excited I got the ball right here I keep the box here because I'm I'm one of those guys that keeps boxes you know but nice, it's just nice. it's such a clean design you know um, I've got a degree in advertising marketing, so a little bit of Photoshop design in my eyeball see stuff. So tell everybody um, who you are to F5 and and um, what you what you do. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Steven Sikernik. I'm one of the founders of F5 Sports, uh, one of the engineers. Uh, so me and David Rankin, who I think you've kind of had on before, uh, created the product. We started the company. Um, we do most of the engineering uh, on continued improvement of the product and, and everything like that. And uh, so we really have just been pushing to keep making this thing better and, and get it to where it is now. And that's kind of what I do every day. Awesome. Um, so you're the, your job responsibilities for um, the ball, you said engineer. Um, what, what do you feel like is the most important part of the tech of the ball? Well, so, I mean, kind of a, there's, I'll give you kind of two pieces to that. One is, you know, it, it's got to be accurate. It's got to be, um, it's got to work for people, right? So, so whatever it does, it's got to do, do it well. And so the way we do that is, is try to make it really easy to use. You get it out of the box. It connects easily to your phone. And then you basically just start throwing and you're getting good data that you can use. But the other, the other piece to that is, is always looking at, what it is that people need, what it is that can actually uh, drive them to get better, um, what what feedback we can give people that's that's useful to them, not just you know, well these are the numbers everybody's using, but we're always looking at what is it that that's missing, what is it that um, is kind of the next piece that'll enable people to take their fishing to the next level. Okay, um, you you guys have a very difficult task of durability. And it's one of the common questions that I get from a lot of uh, athletes that are asking about the ball and how does it, you know, because baseball scuff, right? And so especially in this time where uh, you're throwing, um, we've recommended guys put towels down underneath their nets, especially if it's on like concrete. So like it hits the net and then it softens the blow a little bit. It'll make your, your, your leather last longer. Um, we at, at the gym, we actually have a turf that we have in an area that when it hits our target and it rolls down, it just saves the ball all of our balls a lot a lot longer we're always trying to help preserve the the leather so the baseballs last as long as nobody likes to throw bad baseballs so that being right. said you guys offer a uh, 90 day manufacturer's warranty um how do, how does that work um and what does that include yeah so so really um you know we we test a lot and engineered a lot for durability in the ball um the electronics are really well protected inside that ball so that it's, you know, you can throw it into, you know, you can miss your target, hit, hit the wall, hit, you know, a steel beam, whatever it is, and your ball's still going to work. But uh, if for some reason um, there was an issue, you know, you can, you can send it back within 90 days. That's really to, to get people confident with it. You know, it's, it's sort of a leap of faith to believe that you're going to throw a piece of electronics at 80, 90, 100 miles an hour and have it still work after 
Um, you certainly can't do that with your iPhone. So um, it really gives people that 90 days to, to build that confidence and, and see that this thing really is durable. It really can be used like a baseball. Um, the other piece of the leather, um, you know, it is, it is real leather. We want it to feel like a real baseball. And, and obviously that's not an indestructible material. Um, but we do have the, uh, the leather replacement program that we have. So, so you can send the ball back to us. We actually swap it out with a refurbished ball so that you don't have to spend the entire cost of, um, buying a brand new pitch logic just to, uh, just to get fresh leather on it. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. The, uh, the, I didn't know it was refurbished. That's, that's cool. Cause it, it definitely speeds up the process. Cause when it sounds yeah. like re leather, right. You think about, well, they got to take the leather off. It's going to take them a couple days maybe to get it back. But that, I feel like that helps the efficiency of the process for them. Somebody to get something back. Basically you want a functioning ball again. Right. So, right. You know, exactly. I, let's be conservative. Let's say you, you use this ball and, and, it, and once a year you, you, trade it in it's a it's 50 bucks is a rather rather pretty good move if you're really thinking about like right um you know maximizing the potential of what you're doing there so you know uh guys if if you if you feel like it's getting too scuffed up and and you want to get a new one 50 bucks isn't that bad to to you know basically get a fresh ball that's going to do what you want to do so um applaud you guys to that that's exciting for sure yeah exactly i mean you know that that that's one of the first questions we get from everybody you know Am I going to just beat this thing up and is it going to be worthless in, you know, in a little while? And so, you know, the electronics are near indestructible. We don't advise hitting it with a bat, but just about anything other than that. Um, and then and then you can get fresh leather. And, and like you said, it's quick turnaround. So we just ship you one out and you ship yours back. OK, so let's move on to a little bit more um, technical of an aspect of the ball. So. Uh, we had David on before, and he spoke of uh, I'm going to screw this up, but something like uh, uh, 60,000 more smarter brains than myself is inside this baseball or something of it. Um, could you could you go over the tech inside of this ball, um, especially with uh, I'm interested in the connectivity in it and how it works. Sure. Because, uh, I'm confused mentally just because my brain doesn't get it, how I can throw something away away from a Bluetooth source and then it will track it and then bring the data back to me. So that that's a cool feature that I don't think a lot of people understand about how ranges work with Bluetooth and stuff like that. So uh, could you help us out with that? Sure, absolutely. Um, to, to get kind of into the details of it. So um, you know, we all kind of had experience with Bluetooth in the early days. You have your headset, and if you walk about five feet away from your phone, and the, the connection drops, and you know you've you've lost your call or whatever. Um, but today, Bluetooth actually comes in two different flavors. Um, there's Bluetooth Classic, which is that technology, and it has improved. And then there's something called Bluetooth Low Energy or BLE, and um, that's what we use in Pitch Logic. So BLE is um, actually almost completely separate in terms of the, the actual technology it works on. Uh, from classic Bluetooth, and um, it enables things like you're able to just tap the ball to your phone to connect. You don't have to go into your menu and go through a whole pairing process, which makes it super easy if you want to swap between multiple balls, if you're sharing a ball between multiple users and you want to take it off of one phone and put it on another. It makes all of that super seamless, but it also has a lot of features to boost range, boost reliability. Um, so we actually test every ball that goes out to a 300-foot range. Um, that range is a little bit variable depending on your environment, depending on what phone you're using, uh, even how you're holding it. Like if you put your phone on the ground, that actually cuts the range down on your phone's end quite a bit. Um, but 
Um, that technology really just enables a lot more reliability, a lot more range than you know the old versions of Bluetooth had. Yeah, that's that 300 feet's uh, aggressive, right? That's yeah, you know, yeah. You're getting, yeah, you, you know, uh, um, that, that's exciting because I understand the potential of what that means also. So, um, you know, I have also seen some some uh, technology uh, evolution inside the Bluetooth, like you said, with the BLE. And it makes me think about um, the future and how it's how the technology is advancing. Right. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking of just some some really cool ideas that I know that are probably possible. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have thought of, but who knows, you know, maybe multiple balls on one device, you know, like, I don't, I don't know, but it's, it's exciting to see like how this is affecting the consumer at a very affordable range where really anybody can get this spin data. I mean, we, yeah. we do remote training with it and uh, you know, I had a dad ask me the other day why his 10 year old needed the ball. And I explained to him, look, your, your, your son puts three fingers on the baseball and he cuts it and he doesn't know and he doesn't throw hard enough yet for it to actually affect the curvature of the ball yet because it's not spinning enough but if we can actually teach him to spin it better earlier in his baseball career his throwing experience is going to be significantly different than what anybody else has had right Absolutely, he's, yeah. now he's playing a video game now he understands like oh when i throw like this not only does it go faster it spins better and when it spins better it stays straighter and i'm more accurate right so we, I'm seeing a, a, with our young guys that are using it, we're seeing massive increases in, in general performance, fixing mechanical alignment issues of their body with this ball as a sensor, basically explaining that, dude, your wrist is just turned too hard when you're throwing the ball. You don't, you, but, but you've always done it that way. You didn't know that that was bad, you know? And so, um, unfortunately with throwing, you can't learn that that is really bad until you get to high speeds. Otherwise, like you said, the right. ball just doesn't have the same action. So could you speak about that? I know. Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, um, you know, one of the things, one of the ideas that, that really David brought to the table on this, um, and that was drawing, I mean, both of us kind of understand it from uh, sort of an engineering perspective. Uh, feedback is a big thing in engineering um, when you're getting a machine to perform correctly, when you're getting some, some process. Um, you always have some kind of sensor, it's going to relay what's going on, and then it's going to make adjustments to get it where it needs to be. Um, but David also brought that from, from experience in sports. Um, you know, he had done other sports-related products and seen how that could, could enhance learning, enhance progress. So, you know, people, people start out with this, and most people ask, you know, how do, how do I read this? What do, what do I do with it? It's a little unfamiliar, but, but what you really find is if you just start to get a sense of direction, I want to move the arrow from here to here, your body's great at learning. It's great at, at making adjustments, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. Um, but if you can't see what's go what what your goal is and where you're going, you really have no way of doing that. So like you said, at a higher level, you start to see the effects of the spin more. You start to notice how the ball is curving and make adjustments based off of that. Um, but at that that young age, you know, if you're getting it over the over the plate, that's kind of really all all you you know can can look for. Um, but this kind of opens it up to really see if you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You can build those fundamentals at an early age, and that's going to give you a lot more success in the near term, but it, but in the long term as well. Yeah, it, um, it, like I said, it's it's so much fun to teach these simple concepts of data to these you know parents too. Like we're we're seeing a lot of. I, I'm going to be. I don't, it's going to be hard for me to not be involved in my kids' baseball experience, sure. right? Like I'm going to do 
I, I see it all the time with the dads that just go too far. Um, and I understand how I like to do it. And I just got to remember that, like, I didn't like anybody helping me. And I just wanted to do everything as, as, as much as I could without asking for help. And I feel like that just really allows a, a person who wants to get better at something um, at, on their own and think about it, you know, in their own way. Uh, and this ball really does that. Um, it brings me to a question that uh, David said. Now, you taught yourself how to throw a 100 spin efficiency curveball, which is very hard to do. Um, could, why don't you take me through that process? Um, because, well, before that, tell me, tell me your baseball history, right? Tell me yeah. what experience level you have, and then, and then let's go through that process on how you did that. Yeah, so um, my experience in baseball uh, really is uh, about a year of Little League um, uh, being, you know, at the end of the batting order and, uh, and, and out in the outfield somewhere um, because I, I really did not have uh, a natural aptitude for it at a young age. And I think part of it, too, was, you know, we all have different learning styles and, and, and kind of the kids that were sort of natural athletes, there were certain things that worked for them, but just didn't really make sense to me. Um, but so I kind of was approaching it really fresh, you know, when we started doing this, you know, I have a great appreciation for people who are, who are gifted at sports. Um, I, I love sports. I love watching sports, but um, I've, I've never been, you know, a star athlete, uh, but, you know, getting into this product, you know, we, we had to test it. We really wanted to understand what it was going to, the experience was going to be like, you know, we do have people on our team who have a baseball background who are helping uh, kind of us learn about that, helping with the input on that end. But, but we want to get as deep into it as we can ourselves. So I started teaching myself how to pitch as much as I could, you know, start, started with fastball, um, kind of gone through, tried to learn as many different types of pitches as I can. And um, having this there where you can see your spin efficiency, you can see, you know, exactly what the spin is on the ball. You can play with the grip. You can see exactly what's going on um, with both fastball and curveball. Um, I was able to get, you know, to, to really high spin efficiencies, kind of learning that way to begin with um, when it wasn't uh, going the way I wanted to being able to just kind of go right to the problem and, and figure out how to do it a little bit differently. So um, that's been actually, that's just, it's a, it's a lot of fun. You know, I get in here and, and I, I uh, want to test something in the product, want to test whether it's a new feature or something we're working on in the code. And I'm like, okay, I need to throw four or five pitches and I, I don't want to stop. I'm like, well, let me, let me improve on that a little bit. You know, it, it just, it starts to become exciting to, to just work on the pitching itself. Yeah. What would, do you remember your numbers? Do you remember what, um, how fast it was? Uh, so when we, when we first started, um, probably in the thirties. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm still, I'm still, uh, I haven't quite broken 60 yet. I'm, 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 I'm not pushing the speed, but, uh, um, but I've come a long way still. That's it. For throwing's fun, right? Like that's, yeah. that's the thing I try to tell a lot of people. There's, there's an argument that like throwing's unnatural. And I used to think about that. And then I immediately heard an argument about like how cavemen were throwing. And I go, well, if cavemen were throwing, how is, throwing unnatural when it's just something we've did for, you know, for the longest amount of time. So it's, you know, it obviously it's detrimental if you're, you're not doing something correctly and it hurts, but you know, the fact that you're able to come up with a skill set and teach yourself how to do that, actually make it curve and do that. You know, a lot of people 
shy away from curveballs or breaking balls because they think they're bad for the elbow, which, you know, there's evidence that there is. And we're not saying that it's not, you know, detrimental, but I always lean on the fact that when there's no adults around, like I did the same thing that every kid does now. You threw way too many curveballs, you threw change-ups, you threw sure, sliders, yeah. you threw, you know, everything. Cause that was like, you're just trying to do it. So, you know, uh, the education side of it and what, what this ball can do uh, for anybody is, is very, very impressive. Um, we actually did a fun little experiment uh, where we used one ball, played catch between two people and got our spin metrics back and forth because we came set back and forth sure, yeah. know, under one account. One account had the, had the phone in between us and we were both able to get our flat ground data um, of us throwing back and forth and then emailed the report to us. So that was really cool. So um, that brings me to another question. The uh, report um, that you get right there. Um, what was the inspiration in that? Uh, I, I love the idea of, of being able to just um, select a, a date range um, and, and get about it. Well, where do you, how, how did that come about? And is there any plans of what it's moving forward? Yeah, um, I can talk a little bit about both of those things. Um, I think it came about just because, you know, that's, we would like to look at the data that way. You know, we, we would throw the ball, we'd be testing, we'd, we'd want to see a big screen where we could look through what, what progress did I make? What was changing? What was, uh, what was working? What wasn't? And um, so, you know, the app is really great for in the moment, you get that instant feedback, you can swipe back and forth, you can see the last pitch, see what changed between this one and that one. But then there's also a mode where you want to see, you know, I've, have I been making progress for the past week or for the past month, past year. Um, and, uh, or if a problem develops, you can say, my curveball is just not working the way it was. Let me see what's changed. You know, it, it was working great a couple months ago. Now something's a little bit off. Let me pull up my numbers from back then, see what's different now. Um, and it, and it really just opens up the world for, for people who get deeper into the analytics. They want to try playing with the numbers in different ways. They want to look at, um, different things. It kind of just lets them have that freedom to do, to do that kind of however they want to do. Um, as far as kind of where that's going, um, you know, it has grown in some ways already. You know, we started out, you just had a list of, of your numbers. Now you can tag it with, uh, with different players. You can tag it with, uh, ratings. You can tag it with pitch type. So you, now you've got, you know, all of those things that you can associate with the data. Um, Going forward, we have some more ideas kind of around that as far as ways that you can tag the data to make it more useful and also new ways to access it. You know, being able to send yourself that report is great, but um, we'll have some 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 different ways that you can see that data without having to um, kind of manually go through it um, that, that will add in the future. Yeah, it, it's, um, you know, it, it does seem, uh, uh, you know, the spreadsheet seems like it's a lot of numbers and data, but I... Uh, I enjoy it, uh, especially in tracking, um, automatically tracking your throwing session is just, man, it just makes for so much more freedom where I don't have to, yeah. you know, the data comes instantaneously. Um, speaking of that, what what's the speed uh, of data collection uh, of the ball? I, I know, you know, when we throw it with the radar guns and the other things that we measure with, that it's definitely the fastest, but I haven't heard a number um, uh, or anything on, on average of what you guys get with. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's about 60 milliseconds. So that's, you know, 0 0.06 seconds from the time the ball hits the catcher's glove or hits the net to when you're going to see data on your phone. Um, 
that's uh, we think that's just really important. You know, when when you're throwing, you did something, you know how it felt, but that that muscle memory, that feeling fades really quickly. So if you're going to use this um, to kind of to actually practice with to, in your bullpen session in the moment to to feel what an adjustment feels like and see if it was successful, you know. You want to be able to throw and then once you look at your phone the data is already there you know you're not you're not waiting for it you're not in your head you're still in the moment yeah it, it's so important that it comes in super fast and and uh you can keep the rhythm and the flow of your throwing session that, that's yeah. very important um uh and and any pitcher's regiment whether it's you know some guys do take a long time in between pitches and some guys don't take a long time but so um one of the things that like i don't understand especially as it's like a sensor is how does it count 2,300 total spin, you know, when it's flying 96 miles an hour down there and it knows what it's going on? Can you explain like how that works? Sure. Yeah. So um, the 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 thing about the about pitch logic that's it, it's is really sophisticated in some ways, but in other ways it, it is a very simple concept. Is that from the time you come set all the way through your pitching motion and then through the flight of the ball, the ball is simply just measuring its motion a thousand times per second. And so every, every little bit of rotation, every little bit of acceleration uh, or movement um, is being monitored during that entire process. So, so in some ways it's, it's very direct. It's um, you know, the spin rate looks at the entire flight of the ball. It rotates all the way through every step of the way it's monitoring that and then you know the, the spin rate basically comes directly out of that uh and the other measurements uh similarly you know it's it's um it's really getting a complete picture of the motion of the ball um of its of its orientation its position its velocity um at every step along the process and then we just pick out the data that's useful um in order to to present um the data that you actually get in the app so you you said earlier, um, it, we, does it? How does it count it all the way um, down there? Does it does it count like each revolution, or is it doing a calculation? How does that work? Um, it, it it essentially can see each revolution, um, but it, it, even even more than that, it can see each fraction of a revolution. So at every at every um, moment in time, it can see if it went from here to here, and then here to here, and then all the way through until it makes a complete revolution and all the way down. And so we can see what that what that rate is. And for the spin rate um, in the time of a pitch, that's actually a pretty steady number. So um, so like from the time it leaves your hand to the time it gets to home plate, your velocity is going to change quite a bit. Um, somewhere around 10% is a good rule of thumb, um, but it varies depending on a number of things. But your but your spin rate is is almost flat throughout that time. It's it's going to be like a a one percent change in your spin rate from your release to the end. Um, if you're doing something like a long toss, that change is more significant. But in in, in sixty feet, it really doesn't change much. Um, and we're at, we can actually see what it is all the way through. Wow. So you so this ball can capture um, the velocity at the end range also. Yeah. Yeah. It can. I mean, that's not part of the data that we're presenting now, but it, but it knows that whole path. And that's interesting because I, it just makes me as a, as a scientist, as a curiosity, as a curiosity, as someone who is curious, um, I, I wonder what different pitches end speed is, you know, this is not information that you normally get as a pitcher, but it would, 
I don't know if there's there there could be a a answer there for someone maybe throwing like a slider or a cutter um, if they knew what their in speed was. So that's that's interesting. Um, sure. But yeah, and we we we're always looking at you know what what data might be useful to pitchers as we talk to players as we as we throw it ourselves um, as we interact with people we, we're we're always thinking ahead to um, you know what is it what what's something a little bit different we could present how would it how would it help a pitcher get better or make better decisions or, or whatever it is and so we definitely have a kind of a an idea looking to the future of, of what some of those things that that we can do are that might be useful um, and we've got a huge rich amount of data that, that that's in the ball to draw on to do those things yeah it, it's uh you know the bullet spin idea is is something that's very very useful to a lot of our athletes where a lot of people uh cut the ball mm -hmm. um how you, you said it knows where it is in space how does it how does it know where it is yeah so um I mean, at the, there's there's a few sensors in the ball. The way they work together is uh, is uh, kind of technical and, and also kind of part of the, um, the the secret sauce, so to speak. So so I won't quite get into all of that, but but basically they're all working together to create a complete picture of of um, of where it is and and how it's oriented. And we know exactly how the seams are oriented on the ball, um, so we know at every moment. You know which way the pitch logic logo is facing, which way the charge logo is facing, where the seams are, um, how that orientation is changing. It it's along the lines of um, when you're, when you're sitting in a fast car and someone set, steps on the gas, you can feel that acceleration, right? The ball the ball feels things in a similar way, but it in a much more accurate way, um, and it can put that all together um, to get a really complete picture of what it's doing. I love the way you said that. That makes total sense. Like uh, being in the back of a car or, you know, your, your crazy friends drifting around a corner, yeah, you know, exactly. you're being thrown into the side of the car. Exactly. Um, so, so this, this yeah, would make a great um, inspiration well, for a, for a, for a, a ride at the state fair or something if you really wanted to get. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, uh, uh, Steven, uh, I don't want to eat up uh, too much more of your time. This has been, been really great. Um, uh, one last thing, why don't you tell everybody, um, you know, you guys, uh, David said you guys are constantly trying to improve um, the product, whether um, it's, you know, like you said earlier, upgrading the, the Bluetooth capabilities to what the latest and greatest is. Uh, maybe you could speak on what the um, idea of, of the future holds for you guys and what, you know, what anything you can speak about. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we, we do have uh, we have some some really interesting things uh, planned. Um, don't want to get into the specifics on that quite yet uh, until, until we're ready to, to a little closer to releasing them. But um, what is really cool about the ball is that, that the hardware is really mature. Um, we don't really have any uh, deficits there that we've identified at this point. Um, so, you know, everything that we do that's new is is generally going to come through through a firmware update. Um, it's really easy. Your phone will just pop up and say, hey, there's new firmware available for your ball. That'll give it um, the ability to, to do new things and then through app updates. So um, really everything that we have planned at this point um, is is all in the ball that, that, that you already have or hopefully have soon um, if, if you're somebody who doesn't have PitchLogic yet. But um, yeah, so so you can get it now and, and, and grow with it, you know, and it'll it'll we'll keep sending out updates. We'll keep adding new things. Yeah, the it's so. Um, 
it's so exciting to have a tech company that feels like that they're on the consumer side about, you know, their app updates and firmware updates mean a lot to the community, uh, to the users, uh, you know, guys like us and the national ball player that, that really um, understand, you know, the, the capabilities of this ball and how in such small area you can really do a lot in your training as, as pitchers just needing as, as little as 15 feet. I mean, I know pretty much everybody in the area has got 15. You could diagonal in the garage. I saw that right. one recently. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Kids ripping balls with in, into a net with this pitch logic ball, and he's he's basically in the corner of his garage, and he's got all the room to be able to throw on the other side. So it's very cool to watch the evolution of it. Steve, uh, you're the best. Uh, you guys are awesome over there. Keep keep it up. You know, if, if you guys ever need anything, let me know. Um, I couldn't be more excited about the future and, and how things come. Thanks. Yeah, it's been great having having people who have really uh, engaged with the product and, and, and love it and use it. And um, that's been one of the most fun things about this entire process is, you know, I, I do get to talk to customers. I get to talk to, to, to baseball players and and really seeing how it works for them and how they're able to interact with it and people getting really excited about it. That, that's, that's a big part of what drives us to keep making it better. Totally. It, it's so, I, I can't speak on it enough. I've been telling everybody that like, you know, it tracks your throwing session. Like yeah. you, you don't have to, you don't have to do anything. Like you just gotta, you just gotta follow the rules, make sure you come set, do the half a second. We always tell everybody two seconds because we're baseball players and we rush, you know? And so I'm like, it says half a second, but just do yourself a favor, go for two seconds. You'll be fine. Right. Learn that pace. Yeah. You got to do it on the mound anyway. Right. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate it again. Um, if you guys, anything, like I said, don't, don't hesitate to ask. So, um, guys, uh, one last thing, don't forget, you can use code cutter nation. You get a $25 rebate. Um, you know, these guys are doing everything they can to, to help everybody in this time and, and really in the future. So, um, thanks again. You can pick one up at, uh, f5sports.net. And, uh, this guy, Steven, one of the founders and creators of one of the coolest piece of technology, um, that I've, I've seen. So it was really cool to meet you guys in Nashville. Uh, like I said, I'm a big fan and I, you know, I can't wait to keep doing more stuff with you guys. Yeah. Thanks, John.